0: welcome friends welcome back to the six of one podcast i am half of your host kyle and with me here is sav
1: hi guys how's it going oh wait you can't you can't respond to me with that i'm just gonna pretend it's good
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's doing amazing. Everyone's doing fine.
1: Speaking of that, how are you doing, Kyle?
0: I'm doing good. Living the dream.
1: How was your last week? Any highlights?
0: Mm, Not particularly. We're uh, house hunting. My fiance and I, Josh, who has been mentioned on here before, are house hunting, and it is... A giant disappointment. The whole process is just horrible right now. I feel you if you are out there and you are looking for a house because it's rough. That
1: yeah, that that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> um, yeah, house hunting's worse, especially right now. I was just talking to somebody in Home Depot about house hunting because uh, we were getting new keys for, our, or not new keys, just more keys for. Our
0: house. Mm, those are good to have. Yep.
1: And she was also a realtor, and she was like. She was telling me horror stories. Oh! Like there was a friend of hers that was looking for a house, and he um, found some place that you would have to like tear down to the bones, and it was yeah. like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh my God! Yeah. Which other people from other areas are probably like, oh, it's not bad. Oh, but like that's it's a, pretty a lot. It's
0: a lot for our area, It yeah, that's all I've been seeing is if they are, if they're lower end of two hundred, if they're two hundred two fifty, they're just mm-hmm. total gut jobs, and it's like what. How is anyone that works supposed to be... How is a teacher is supposed to be able to afford this? Right. Right. It is what it is. It is what it is. We'll find some eventually.
1: Yeah, it will come to you when it comes to you. Yeah. That's how our house came. We just saw it and then we looked at it and then we bought it. It's <laughs> like
0: magic. Isn't that how buying a house works?
1: Right, but like we were in like <laughs> the pocket, you know? Like in the sweet spot of the housing market. And like it was all very quickly. Yeah, yeah. We're like, how many houses have you looked at?
0: Like five. We looked at two. Oh, yeah, you were in the sweet spot.
1: Sweet spot, in the pocket.
0: You were, I think, right before all this kind of went right. out of control.
1: Yeah, no, everybody was like, how's the match? great. Lucky. This same woman that I was talking to at the Home Depot was like... The Home Depot? Yeah, at the Home Depot, <laughs> <laughs> was like, I might just sell my house to sell my house. And I was like, that sounds like a trash idea. It sounds like a really bad really idea.
0: Right now, don't do that.
1: She was like, you could sell your house. I'm like, I just, I've been here a year. Why would I sell my
0: house? I mean, I could, but why would I want to?
1: right. More
0: that. I had to adjust my mic. Hold on. Wait. No. Okay. Are we good there? Yeah, we're good there. How has your week been?
1: <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. It's just been busy. And uh, I have a long weekend after tonight. So mm. just living for the weekend. I thought uh, it was supposed to rain all weekend, and now I'm really upset. Uh,
0: yeah. It's been raining a lot lately.
1: It's the hurricanes. Is that what it is? I believe it's the hurricanes from, you know, Georgia or Florida or wherever the hurricanes are happening. Oh, and we're just getting the after effects up here in the Midwest.
0: That's about bummer. At least it's just rain. I'm sorry if you are in the South and you're caught in all of this.
1: Right. Of me hurricanes. too. Meanwhile, in California, there's zero rain. If we could let oh, some rain, yeah, there's a drought. I mean, there's always a drought, but um, it doesn't make it okay.
0: No, not by any means.
1: All right. Okay, should we
0: get to our topic yeah, of the day? Into it.
1: This wasn't a great... I feel like we've had we've had three episodes now. I feel like we've had better <laughs> openings. Like we've had like...
0: <laughs> we so have such days. a good drag record. Uh, our track record is so much better really, than that.
1: Really. Okay. So, now this uh, is
0: your topic, so take it away. This is my topic.
1: Today I'm going to talk about um, records, record players, uh, mostly like as it relates to... Well, it's going to be a lot, but, um, okay, my nice. topic started because I was on TikTok and I saw a, <laughs> I was trying to quietly pour wine it's and it's really, really funny. It's difficult
0: to be quiet. You <laughs> might have to go
1: back. I just pulled back it back. out. So they like the <laughs> dribble dribble. They'll be like, ah, oh, well, you not I just can't. like peeing.
0: I'm just peeing in the corner over here. It's fine.
1: <laughs> our, oh, we didn't talk about that. This is our life. So, um, we realized it was, uh, Mm. Echoey last time. Yeah, so. I
0: sincerely apologize. I did not realize that was gonna be it was gonna be so echoy, echoey in this. So we
1: are trying, we built a blanket for it in my basement.
0: Yeah, so hopefully this comes across a little bit less echoey.
1: We might need one more blanket for the top though, and the bottom. We're just gonna build ourselves like a cube. A cube. A cube
0: I was considering buying one of the like um those fishing tents, ice fishing tents.
1: Oh my god, that's actually a good idea. And then that the soundproof
0: that should have that. Right
1: yeah, the inside. Oh, that's good hold idea. Idea. it's
0: portable we could take it wherever
1: wherever record on the moon i goals yeah but like bezos not to the moon yet so bezos. i don't think we're getting doesn't mean we it. can't be i guess that's, fair. I guess that's <laughs> fair okay sorry to jump into it um i thought of this topic what wh- why are you going away? um i thought of this topic because i was on a tiktok one day, watching a TikTok on a TikTok, I like think I'm 90. TikTok. I was watching TikTok one day, and um, there was somebody talking about how a record works. They're like, I just don't understand how there's like a whole orchestra and then it's on a disc.
0: You know what? I think I saw that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and that sparked my interest. I was like, you know what? I really don't know how those work.
1: I don't know how it works. Um, funny story: I didn't tell my dad about this podcast, and that was my example of what we're going to talk about. He was about to explain it to me. I was like, no, do
0: not.
1: I'm going to look it up on my own.
0: <laughs> this is my job. Right. That's part of the fun, is it? Doing the research.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's hop into it for real it's this time. time. Um, so we've all been told one time or another probably in school, that Thomas Edison invented the phonograph.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is
1: basically a record player. Yeah, yeah. Um, which eventually became, yeah, the record player. And that is true-ish, but he didn't invent the first one. First The first phonograph? recording device. Oh. Um,
0: Conspiracy. Okay.
1: Yeah, so he didn't invent the first device that could, could both record and reproduce sound. There are a couple. Oh, no, he did. So he did invent the one that could do both. Oh, OK. But he's not the first person to record that kind of thing. Oh, so one. Of, there's two people that did it before him that are noted in history. One guy, he um, created a thing called a phonotograph. His name is Edouard Leon Scott de Martinville. I really started off strong with the Leon, <laughs> and then I don't know how to Frenchify Martin. It went
0: from French to just straight Midwestern. Martinsville,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't do that. But Leon, I know that one. That was so good. Okay. <laughs> um, that was a good job. And then the other guy, his name is Charles Cross, and he made the Paleo phone.
0: Like,
1: paleodiet?
0: diet?
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Paleo. Paleo. Yeah. Like the... Yeah. oh. Like the study of old stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he called it the paleophone. I don't know what paleo means. It probably means something differently. Um, but so the first the first guy that made the phonograph, he basically made it so he could visually see how sound was produced. So he had no intention of like reproducing it.
0: You just wanted, wanted to, to see it like, written out to see it interesting yeah that's a yeah, very yeah. interesting reason to create something that's phenomenal but okay
1: right well okay but you think about it like back in those times because this was in like the late 1800s like there was probably less of a study of how sound actually worked so they're just trying to figure out how oh, sound yeah, worked
0: yeah they didn't know how the whole sound like
1: how we hear it them. i mean maybe maybe in line uh because that was not in my notes but no
0: i would assume i would assume they wouldn't
1: Right, like they had theories, but then they were like, let me prove my theories with this machine I'm making right now, right? Yeah, um, and so that's what he did. And actually, his his sounds were reproduced in 2008, <gasps> so some other scientists like figured it out and like reproduced this. Oh sound.
0: my god, that's so recent! I want to hear right. that. Enough.
1: Um, and so then the second person, Chris Charles Cross, sorry, not Chris Cross, Chris <laughs> Cross, Chris Cross, okay. Make ya- um, that's all we can do. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. <laughs> Good point. If Crisscross sued us though, we'd know we made it.
0: Oh, yeah, know it, know it, just like Hanson. <laughs> we'd be on Hanson level on the on the message. Did singer.
1: they sue? Did Crisscross sue Hanson?
0: No, I'm not oh, saying that. Okay. Hanson's at the same time period, right? Yeah,
1: that's fair. That's fair. They're totally different musicians, but yeah,
0: totally different. Totally that's different. all I think of though when I think of was like 90s, yeah, it's, it's Hanson.
1: Not Something like else. Aaron
0: Carter. No, he was early two thousands.
1: He's late nineties.
0: Backstreet Boys was late nineties. But I just think of Hanson. I don't know why.
1: That's fair. I, I guess I get it. Shout out to Hanson. Um, <laughs> okay, so the second guy, Charles Cross. Um, he was po- like what he invented was supposed to do both record and reproduce sound, but he just like conceptualized it. Like he like drew it all out. Um And so Edison was the first person to actually do it.
0: Oh, so, like, got it. So he okay.
1: was a little bit before Edison when he was like, I we could do this. But Edison was like, I am going to do it. Like, your big talk, but like, okay. Like, I'm actually <laughs> going to do it. I'm so. Thomas E.,
0: bitch.
1: Right. Uh, Thomas E. Thomas E.
0: I feel like that'd be his name now. Yeah,
1: yeah Tommy E. Tommy, um, Tommy E. <laughs> So back to the phonautograph. That was patented in 1857. It is the first known device to, um, of recording airborne speech. The sound waves traveling through the air, they would vibrate a parchment diaphragm, which a diaphragm is just like a membrane that, um... Acts kind of like an eardrum.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, I read I,
1: diaphragm, though, I thought of birth control. <laughs> I was
0: like, okay. Yeah, no, okay. I mean it's kind of similar. I don't know where I've seen a diaphragm or why is Oh, it's a musical instrument you can play in your mouth. I've seen people play that.
1: Oh yeah, it's the same kind of thing like when you put a blade of grass between your
0: yes your fingers.
1: Yes. You just pretend it's a diaphragm. Yes. Okay, there's that's, actual that instruments
0: that you can like insert to your mouth and you blow on it. And people are really good at it. I don't know how they do it,
1: but that's crazy.
0: So it's like that.
1: Right. In a I don't know. Oh yeah, let me continue. What it, okay, what so they it had mean? the parchment diaphragm, and it linked to a bristle, just like a hairbrush bristle. Oh. I, I was googling. I was like, "What's a bristle?" And they were like, yeah. "A hairbrush." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> okay. Sorry, that was a dumb question. <laughs> I'm sorry, Google." <laughs> don't me. And so the hairbrush, like, or not the hairbrush, the bristle, the, hairbrush. <laughs> the bristle that was connected to the the diaphragm. When the diaphragm vibrated, it traced a line, um, of on a piece of paper that was like covered in soot.
0: Oh and that paper was wrapped
1: around a cylinder okay yeah um so it's, just, it's soot yeah huh yeah so that's kind of like guessed. right Well no that's what he used because he was just drawing
0: yeah yeah like, a like rudimentary he not trying to re- yeah he's yeah. not
1: reproducing it he was like i don't care about rehearing what i just said i just want to know what it sounded or looked like
0: oh that's right okay you said right. that and i was right. like how are they going to yeah. replace soot
1: yeah, That's no, I don't happen. think you can
0: replace it. It would blow away.
1: Oh yeah, we'll get to that when you have to replay it. But yeah, so basically what he did was like as much as I understood it reading about it, he like basically made an ear. Oh. And then just made something to draw with the ear. For. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So it was like a um you can't see what I'm trying to make right now, but it's like a funnel, like right? Like yeah, it's like yeah, a funnel that it, goes down to the diaphragm. Funnel. So yeah. it looks like what we would think of as a record player now. Like well, I guess like an eighties record player,
1: but Right. Okay. Yeah, I believe okay.
0: so. I mean, that's the only way you can really capture sound.
1: Right, right. I mean, it could have been like smaller, because like, well, those things also like played it back, you know?
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, but moving on to the paleophone. Um, so Charles Cross conceptualized the idea that led to the phonograph. Um, he himself was a poet and an amateur scientist. Mm. Um, according to Wikipedia, where I found this information. <laughs>
0: what kind of as an amateur
1: scientist? So, like, he was a scientist, but, like, I guess he didn't get paid. Because I feel like <laughs> that's what makes you an amateur. Yeah. It's like you just don't get Long paid hair. for what you do. But, like, primarily he was a poet. He was a very dude type of dude, I feel like. Uh, relatable. Right, which is why he called it a paleophone, because he was, like, a social mm. mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, he's credited as being the first person to make the conceptual leap from recording sound as a trace line, which that's what, you know, first, first dude did, um, to reprodu- reproducing that sound. Wow. Um, so he proposed the use of photo engraving, which is, like, basically when you use light to etch a surface.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, so, like, basically you take something, you put like oils um, on that oh and then you use light and like so you're the first thing you have like the sun will damage okay. and the second thing you have the sun won't. like then you put something over that the sun will, will protect it from the sun and then the sun damages it well not the sun sometimes just light
0: Just light yeah yeah
1: so kind of like you remember like when we were kids we'd do like science projects where you would take like photo paper and you'd put like stuff on top of the photo paper and then you'd expose them to the sun and then you'd have, like, a little picture.
0: <gasps> I never did that, but now I'm um, really pissed that I didn't.
1: Yeah, I was homeschooled, so we had funner projects. You
0: had way more time. fun projects. We never did anything. I want to do that. I'm going to go back in time
1: and to be homeschooled.
0: Or I could just do it now.
1: So I guess you could just do it now. Do it with your kids. I pass. am an adult. I mean, it's not really English-related, but English. do it with your kids. It'd be like a
0: really cool project, though. Thanks thanks for that idea. I'm going to use that in the future.
1: You're so welcome. Um... So yeah, he used that, and then he was like, "We can take these edges from the phonograph and put them on a surface, and then put a stylus on that surface, connected to the diaphragm, and then it'll kind of be like the opposite thing that like the recording sounded. So the diaphragm makes the thing, and then it does the sound.
0: That's so crazy. It works both ways. It makes sense. It's just a vibrating."
1: right thing but like that's where i'm and i'm gonna tell you now like where i even been into the nitty-gritty but like i'm gonna tell you now that's where i get so confused because like think about it and i feel like i, I sound like i'm high or like in the shower <laughs> or i i've had like four sips of wine um shower but cash. like if you think about it all the things i'm doing to you right now are just vibrations
0: oh yeah i mean that's what that's all sound is it's just vibrations it's just a. It's
1: right just but like how crazy is that because you've heard always vibrations. my mind. yeah and like how do they make words
0: the craziest thing to me is that so what I'm making right now is just my vocal cords vibrating and making sounds to you but also things like dropping your phone on the ground same thing
1: right and I I think like because I guess I can get it with voice because I took a linguistics class once too so like it's all about like yeah the vibration but like also how you put your mouth yeah makes those different noises but like I guess that's how it is with everything. Like there's between like a drum or a trombone or like a, a piano. Right, right, right. It's so all like and it's just a different way of making
0: that. Yeah. Horns are a good example because they have the um what the fuck is that thing called? Are the me? flared out at flare out at oh. the end. The bell, I think, is what it's called. Sure. That is basically what our mouths are. Right. If you think about it. That's fair. But it's crazy to me that like all sound is just vibration.
1: Right. And like how you manipulate and how it's manipulated.
0: Things. Absolutely.
1: It's crazy. And so I think that's where I like it. It's super helpful it's and just, it's just yeah. overthinking vibrations.
0: <laughs> on that note, we want to take our first break and come back to the craziness. What's that? What's on the menu after this after the break?
1: Um we are going to talk about more about Edison.
0: Ooh. Uh big uh Tommy E.
1: so much for listening to the podcast if you haven't already make sure that you like us on facebook at facebook.com slash six of one podcast that's s-i-x-o-f number one podcast i think you guys know how to spell podcast six of
0: one Welcome back to the Six of One podcast. We're here talking about record players, vinyl record players, to be specific.
1: Yeah. I mean, not yet, but we will be.
0: Eventually. That's what this one is about.
1: That's what it's about. Um, So where do we
0: leave off? What are we doing? So
1: I said we were going to talk about Edison, but we are first going to finish talking about Mr. uh, Charles Cross. Um, So... Charles Cross, he created the paleophone, but he never was able to make one because he was pola. Um he was like poor. that's basically the reason he wasn't able to make a record player because he just had no money.
0: That's a legit reason.
1: Um but so he didn't make the the paleophone or he liked to call it the wadapasse, which means voice of the past, because he was a little pretentious. But so the when he couldn't make it he um, just sealed his in- invention, and because he didn't want other people to make it, sealed it. Yeah. So like instead of like putting it into public domain, he just was like, no, I'm not doing it. But then he did hear that Edison was developing something similar, so then he was like, no, I am gonna put it into public domain so people know I invented it.
0: Oh, that's that's shifty.
1: It's super petty. I feel like
0: that is shifty as shit. Who
1: right. Does that right? Like you had no. I mean, I guess uh. I get it if you're poor, but like, <laughs> i really,
0: no excuse. Okay, I'm poor. Okay, <laughs> no,
1: I'm poor. I'm poor. Um, okay. So either way, simultaneously, Edison was doing the same work. So like he didn't like take. Charles Cross's invention and just make it he was also doing the same kind of work that Charles Cross was doing
0: see you see this so much in history it's it kind of boggles my mind when this happens that two people or more are working on the same thing at the same time and they don't I mean sometimes they know about each other like this instance Mm -hmm. but like they didn't talk to each other previously and they were like oh you know let's both come up with this and then they split or anything no they just both had the same idea at the same time
1: Crazy. Right. And they were like crossed. Like I, I'm pretty sure Charles Cross is from um France. So like they were oh, like yeah. across the sea from each other because Edison was in America.
0: That's even more insane.
1: Right. Um, but yeah, so he did the same work, he figured it out. Um he was actually first trying to make like playbacks of like telegraphs so that he could like rehear, like the boop boop, boop boop, boop, boop,
0: boop, boop, Oh, um um Yeah, the Morse code things. That's what what they're called.
1: Telegraphs. Did you not? No. You knew that.
0: No, I thought the telegraph was the thing that Thomas Edison created. The thing with the...
1: It's a telephone. (gasps) And that was Alexander Graham Bell. God,
0: I that was... (laughs) God, I'm so twisted. I'm fucking everything up.
1: That's fine. I mean, I get it.
0: Now I get that, though, because phone means like hearing it and graph the literal like it just printed out on a piece of paper dot dot dot
1: right Mm. right i mean i don't know if that's really true but it's tricks out it tracks it tracks tracks. um okay so he was trying to record uh telegraph messages um he in his first experiments he used like a wax paper instead of like any kind of metal substance um And as soon as it worked, he was called up the Scientific American, which was a newspaper or like a journal back in the day. It's still mm-hmm. around, but it was a it's a scientific journal. And he was like, "Hey, yo, guess what I can do?" Um, as one
0: does, yeah. Right? Listen to me. Whatever. And then he
1: told, like, he just fucking told everybody. He was like, "Guess what? I did this." Um,
0: That's cool. Okay. And so,
1: in uh, November 29th in eighteen seventy seven. He demonstrated it for the first time. Ooh. And then.
0: So uh, when he um a random question. And you might not know this, but um when he premiered it, was it at a World's Fair by chance? Because it seems like everything was premiered at a World's Fair.
1: I did not see that. He might have premiered. Like, he might have done it at a World's Fair. But, like, that wasn't, like, the, the first time. Like, he did it, I think, like, by himself. But then, like, the first time he did it in front of somebody, I think it was the Scientific American people.
0: Oh, okay.
1: hmm Legit. Like, he was just like, hi, look at this thing, write about it, let me know. Um, So, the funniest thing I thought was really funny, so when he was showing in Scientific America, uh, or American, he recorded the phrase, good morning, how do you do? Do you like my phonograph?
0: Is that... (laughs) 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 Good morning. Okay, yeah, I mean, can you think of anything better to... Premier a phonograph with
1: right yeah he's just like hey scientific american here is my phonograph hello Hi. how are you do you like my photograph
0: that's almost okay so that's almost as good as the tiny tangent when the first cell phone i was listening to a podcast on cell phones when the first cell phone when the person created the first cell phone and they um it, it was like in like AT&T was creating theirs and this person was creating theirs. They worked at Bell, I think they called AT&T and said, I'm calling you from a mobile phone right now. Like that's the ultimate.
1: Did they literally go, you? can you hear me now? Can you-, <laughs> oh, <go
0: ahead. laughs> can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? But that kind of is along those lines. It's kind
1: of yeah. Funny. Yeah. That's super funny. Um, but yeah, so a music cr- critic, his name is Herman Klein. He, um, when he first heard it, he said that it sounded like somebody was singing like half a mile away from him. So that's oh. how the sound quality was on that. Um, but he like, I mean, he was like, it's cool as hell. Like, it's dope. Nope.
0: I don't care <laughs> yeah. how it sounds, this is fucking sweet, man.
1: Herman Klein was like, shit's dope. <laughs>
0: like
1: Back in 1877. Right um, so in early phonographs, um, instead of wax paper, so he stopped doing wax paper and he recorded on tinfoil and I did not research that further. So I feel like it's not the tinfoil that we used cause that seems not strong enough.
0: No, it wasn't like Reynolds wrap. I'm sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just recorded on Reynolds wrap.
0: Reynolds wrap. Yep. The shiny side, not the
1: matte one. Right. You got to do the shiny side. Okay. Um, but yeah, basically he had like a tin foil substance wrapped around a cylinder, and then a stylus touched it, and then the grooves made the sound.
0: Okay, yeah. so very similar to um, those
1: things. Yeah, like musical things. boxes. Muse
0: box, yeah, musical, musical boxes. boxes. Music boxes. Music boxes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: what I had pictured in my head as the OG, so I'm glad that I was right.
1: Yeah, you were right. Confirmed. It It kind of like that. Um, so initially others liked the idea of cylinders, but... Um, from like a business standpoint, but then they didn't take into consideration that they might want to mass produce
0: those.
1: You can. You can. It's just harder. Do that. Yeah. Which is why flat discs took the advantage.
0: <gasps> oh, so that's right. They just took it and they went.
1: They were like advantage.
0: They smushed it.
1: They smushed it. When was this? Um, in the eighteen hundreds.
0: Damn, I don't know. they would like that's the original. Yeah. Origin. That's the 18, origin.
1: 1877 it. was when it first was a phonograph. And so then this guy named Emil Berliner. Berliner? Berliner.
0: Berliner. He was
1: a German-American. Um, He made a variant of a phonograph called a gramophone. So um, you've heard of gramophone. I've
0: heard probably. of it. Yeah, yeah. I can't picture it. They still right
1: use now. the term gramophone, I feel like, in, like, Britain. Gram-a-phone.
0: Gramophone.
1: Gramophone. There's like a joke, I, de- I didn't look it up, I almost looked it up, because there's like a dad joke about a gramophone. A gramophone. Yeah, like, like the phone that grandma has. Yeah, yeah. Um, Emile Berliner took a variant of the phonograph, called the gramophone, and he implemented Charles Cross's um, original concept. Um, which was having a diaphragm linked to a stylus, causing it to vibrate and tracing a circle on a zinc disc coated in beeswax.
0: Oh, so back to the wax idea, but yes. also the metal idea.
1: Yeah. So the, yeah, there's the disc and then it has beeswax on it. Um and then they dip the disc in a chromium acid bath. And that's how like the so like everywhere that um the stylus removed the beeswax. Yeah. That like engraves. Yeah. And then everywhere else, I yeah. think you just have to get the beeswax. Or maybe they kept beeswax on. I don't know. I would
0: that assume much. that the yeah, because when they dipped in the chrome, the beeswax would be inside, so it would be like yeah, a, a interior, like almost a candy. It kind of sounds like right. that's that's really genius. Look at those genius inventors in the eighteen hundreds.
1: Right, and then so they did that because it was so much easier to reproduce because of capitalism.
0: Oh, uh, always capitalism.
1: Right, which is fair.
0: Money drives everything.
1: Um, okay, so now this is kind of like a side thing, but it was really fun. Um, so in 1889, the first phonograph parlor opened in San Francisco, which I feel like is on brand for San Francisco.
0: That is so on brand for San Francisco.
1: Um, So, I had like a row of these coin-operated machines with different um records. And so, like you'd go and put a coin in it and then you'd like crank it and you got to just sit there and listen to like any phonograph.
0: Oh, my God. It's like an arcade for.
1: Right. Phonographs or. Yeah, Yeah. but if you think about, like, um, if you think about, like, record stores from, like, the early or late 90s, mid-90s, early 90s, maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's what you did.
1: Right. You would just, well, you wouldn't pay, but you would just go in there and, like, you know, listen to music. Or, like, FYE. FYE, yeah. I
0: forgot about FYE. Good old FYE.
1: love FYE. So those were invented by two guys, Louis T. Glass and William S. Arnold. Mm -hmm. And so then these parlors peaked around the 1900s, mostly in, like, Paris.
0: Oh, that's a very um, Parisian... Parisian? Parisian. Thing. Yeah. Wait, so, okay, side note. Paris is Parisian. Right. But there's also Persian.
1: Which is from Persia. And
0: straight up, until about a month ago, thought Persian was the same... (laughs) as parisian no oh, joke honey. i was i don't know where i was and i realized that persian is spelled p-e-r and i was like oh Dad. that is not paris that's not based no. off of paris that is a different thing and then i was like oh yeah there's a persia
1: i mean i, I understand I, I have had that thought before when i was younger i was like oh this is the same oh no it's not it's not at so
0: all. it just took you I a don't little don't know why. Than yeah, else yeah like 20 years or so um
1: <laughs> other fun fact back in the day when they didn't have um, duplications, mm-hmm. they had to make each record, like,
0: again and again and yeah. again. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: So they just made, like, every single record. And so... Oh, no, thank you. Um, one performer, his name was George Washington Johnson, he performed literally thousands of times for a single song.
0: Oh, yeah, because the performers, whoever was doing it, would have to reperform it.
1: He would perform, what? like, 50 times a day.
0: That's insane. Just you, to,
1: like, get these out.
0: What if you fucked it up in the middle of it, though?
1: Well, then you record again. Oh my God. you just trash that, I feel like, and record nope. again.
0: Nope. Um, Could you imagine if we, <laughs> we were doing this podcast on that format, on the gramophone? <laughs> right?
1: We had to record it, and then, um, like, if we messed up, we couldn't just edit it out. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, how far do I go with this? And I was like, I can't go all the way far enough to be, like. No. And now we have digital No, you couldn't go now. from
0: then to now. No,
1: no we're just we're just too much. doing the line. Um, okay, so now that we've talked about how it was invented, so that's basically like the long and short of like how it was invented. I'll talk more about like how it became popular and like what happened, you know. But uh, we really haven't talked about like how it actually literally works.
0: Do we want to take a break before we do that? We can. That sounds like a good segue to me.
1: I put break in my um, notes, so.
0: Oh, did you? Yeah, right I had
1: planned to break <gasps> at this point.
0: We are on the same wavelength. Yeah.
1: Ah. Ah. Okay.
0: Okay. Enjoy this break. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to our Six of One podcast. If you have any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future, email us at sixofonepodcast at gmail.com, all spelled out, and maybe you'll see your topic in a future episode. Six of One. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We are talking (laughs) about record players. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're, we went over the history of how we are getting there.
1: Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to talk about how a record player like our record and a player actually like legit works. Um so this comes from the London Sound Academy. They had an article on their website and um they say first you want to talk about sound waves. So sound waves are produced by vibrations that travel through air. We kind of already talked about this. A little bit. Yeah. Touched on it. Um that which are just vibrating particles um, sound waves transfer to your eardrum and that's how we hear so on a vinyl record um, what is recorded is basically just like the sound wave like just etched into the record
0: okay see that right there makes sense that so explains simplistic it. though yeah
1: like it feels like it's going to be complicated and it's just like now nah, we just put the sound wave into the record
0: So it's recorded, it's etched in. Yeah. I'm sure it's a fancier process now.
1: Right. But they just explained it like it's a fingerprint um, that's captured onto the disc. And so then the grooves behave like the sound waves and then it's just transferred out. Yeah. Um,
0: Wow. So it's just
1: like your ear, but like recorded.
0: But like recorded.
1: Not in your brain.
0: That's just that that's so cool and I love that that technology is so like right. we found that out so many years ago hundreds of years ago but what
1: like hundred I don't
0: what I don't get is that the quality is better what makes the quality better
1: well I don't know if I really have that answer but I'll continue and maybe we'll get that answer <laughs> because like when the first one well, I'm about to go into the fact that the first one sucked and found quality okay
0: well <laughs> Good segue there, Kyle.
1: Right. Uh, It was a pretty good segue. Okay, so we're going back to Lander and his gramophone. Um, The sound quality was trash. Like, that's literally my next next note. Um, (laughs) Trash. Especially compared to the wax cylinders that Addison used, you know? Um, So, like, they kind of had to, like, like, do we want to be able to produce these for other people, or do we want the sound quality to not suck?
0: Uh, and this was the one that was carved. Wait, what, what? What one is this? Is this the one that's?
1: That's carved into the disc.
0: Carved into the disc, yes, and then the same the, disc. the wax is laid over it, and yeah. then okay.
1: Yeah. So we're not even too vinyl, yeah. Wow! To be, wow, to be honest. wow! 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 Okay. Um. But so, American businessman and engineer Eldridge Reeds Johnson. He founded what is called the Victor Talking Machine Company. Um, and he was able to figure out how to improve the sound fidelity. That's what they call it. I don't really know. Fidelity. Um, I didn't look at what fidelity means.
0: Investments.
1: Not investments. Sound.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but he could increase the sound fidelity of the disc. And, um, so then it, it basically sounded as good as Einstein's, um, design. So then, um, Berliner, along with Johnson, um, they were just making shit together. Like, they owned that company together.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: and they made 10-inch records of pretty good quality until, uh, and then in 1904, okay. um, they developed discs that were pressed on both sides. So, like, the A side, B side records that we have now.
0: Oh, in 19 what?
1: 1904.
0: 04? Oh, four? Oh, 04. Wow. That's, a, that's way earlier than I would have assumed.
1: Yes. What if I called it 1904?
0: 1904.
1: 1904.
0: That's pretentious, I feel like.
1: Right, but, you know, like the 2004 conversation. Oh, yeah.
0: 1904. 1904. We had a conversation about
1: this.
0: (laughs) Like when we were roommates, we had a conversation about this. You were so mad. And and how pissed I am when people say 2004.
1: I say that. I say it. I don't know. I can't stop myself.
0: Sometimes I just learn it that way. Uh, By the way, you said they were 10-inch discs. That's actually kind of small. It's, isn't it? Are we talking diameter or radius here? And most things are diameter.
1: Um, we are talking diameter.
0: So that's from my yeah, elbow to here.
1: That's about the size of a record.
0: That's like a 45.
1: No, forty-fives are like six inches.
0: Oh really?
1: You're a man, oh. you don't actually understand how that I don't know work. how
0: anything works because <laughs> I am a man.
1: You're like, oh no, six inches is this long. <laughs> I know what six inches is.
0: Oh my god. I'm just kidding. We went there.
1: Of course I went there. We went there on like one of our other podcasts.
0: Bitch, I don't know what six inches is, but I know what eight is. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Not going there. I'm
1: just kidding. Or am I? Or (laughs) am I? Um, all right. So yeah, they had tendon cylinders. Okay, so then in 1912, Edison started producing disc records because he was like, "I guess we're not gonna vibe with this cylinder game." He was like <laughs> so, like into the cylinders.
0: Really, Edison? Like was? He's, yeah, he's he like, likes cylindrical things, huh?
1: Yeah. So in his like first design, he did have like a flat disc, like in the patent mm-hmm. that he had, but then he was like, "Nah, I prefer the cylinders."
0: Wow. Okay.
1: But everybody's like, "We don't prefer the cylinders," but he kept up <laughs> the cylinder game until 1929. Wow. Yeah, he just kept producing them. Nobody
0: was buying uh, them. 29?
1: 1929. When did
0: Edison die?
1: I actually thought the same thing, and I never looked that up. Damn. After 29.
0: After 29. That seems so late to me. Right. So late. Like, I don't, I can't picture him being in time, like alive in a time when...
1: What, Betty White? Betty was alive. White was alive. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, they were definitely alive at the same time. He was, like, old, and she was, like, not old.
0: Damn, I was going to say Marilyn Monroe, but then I took it further, and I remember that Marilyn Monroe was alive when Betty White was
1: alive. They were born the same year, I think.
0: And Elvis Presley. And MLK. <sighs>
1: oh, yeah, okay. MLK and um, Betty White were born the same year. Oh, my God. But he just died when he was, like, what, 30?
0: Yeah. He's so rolling wrong. it. With, like, 90, whatever.
1: Right. Um, okay, so back to Berliner. Um, his disc record was basically, so Berliner was the one that, you know, he made the disc record and he had it with, um, they made it better with, what's his face? I can't remember his name now. Um, I guess I could just look. Johnson Johnson. Eldridge. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So they, all that disc was basically just the ancestor to like what we have now. So like 78s and 45s and 33s.
0: Oh, okay. So they stuck with that size. Interesting.
1: Well, no, the sizes are different oh um but like it's just basically like what we have today oh
0: it was the ancestor okay yeah
1: okay so fast forward to 1920 um radio enters the conversation i wrote these out so fun right um i
0: love your your writing
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's what i do for a living so i better be good um so radio enters a conversation and almost puts the phonograph dealers out of business Um, that combined with, you know, the great depression, um, a ton of companies that were making phonographs back then. Um, they either merged or they went under.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, however, in the late thirties and early fifties, it started to pick up a lot more. Um, and part of that is because they made like a combined, um, phonograph radio. They just put it all together. Right. Right. Yeah, because if you think of it like CD players that had radios, it was like the same kind of shit. Oh. So it was just like all together. It was
0: in the 30s and 40s. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're yeah, no, that, we're that jumping tracks. decades. That now. tracks. I was
1: like 19. No, I mean, you're not
0: really jumping. It's just like everything yeah. happened in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. So it was like, I can't, like, my brain can't wrap around.
1: Right. So um, also in the 1930s was when vinyl records were introduced.
0: Oh, uh, um, so it wasn't until the 30s that they started making vinyls?
1: Yeah, so they just didn't make it on vinyl until the 30s.
0: What were they making them before? That, that same stuff?
1: With the same Wow. Or other materials. Like, they just had other materials. Yeah. Stuff, but they were more damageable.
0: I'm sure plastic so, was in there. Well, vinyl is kind of plastic, but...
1: Yeah, so vinyl kind of just made it so, like, they were more, not indestructible, but, like, more, less destructible.
0: More uh, durable?
1: Durable, thank you. Less
0: destructible <laughs> opposite
1: more. of destructible? Durable. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Just that? a better
0: way of saying indestructible.
1: Skuma wants to say something.
0: He does. He's all up on us.
1: My cat, uh, as you can see, if you're on Facebook. I say as you're on live. We have one person on live. <laughs>
0: um,
1: okay. So um, in the 1930s, they were introduced, um, durable, and you could reproduce them better, Um, but they didn't become popular until the 1940s, and they become popular in the 1940s when a record label called V Disc, which um, provided records to the U.S. military personnel, um, which was supervised by Captain George Robert Vincent, but he went by Bob, so I'm just gonna call him Bob. Um, So basically, from 1942 to 1944, the American Federation of Musicians, which was a labor union that represented instrumental musicians, they went on strike, um, and they just were telling like record companies, like I'm not going to record for you, oh, because I guess bad bad conditions. I don't
0: know. Oh, okay.
1: I really didn't Uh, look into
0: it as one does as one you know strikes for.
1: Right, so Bob convinced the leader of the AFM, James Cesar Petrillo, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. to make records for the military. So he was like, hey, like, just come make records for the troops, basically. Oh. Um, so it was, I mean, artists like uh, Louis Armstrong and Coleman Hawkins mm. and Art Tatum mm. recorded, like, their concerts, and um, they were just distributed to the troops. But, like, it was, like, while the troops were trooping. While, um, like, while the troops were trooping. They weren't able to, like, take them home.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because some of them smuggled them home, and then later they had to come and get them. Oh. <laughs> and
0: they were like, we well, yeah, it up. I mean, I don't know when the whole um, F- FCC, <laughs> the whole... Um, oh, yeah.
1: FTC? The Federal FTC, Yeah.
0: Came into the thing with the whole copyright thing. I don't know when that came around.
1: Right. And, like, basically, they made this deal with Bob because, like, they weren't getting paid adequately, I feel like. Um and so, they were like, okay, we'll make these for the troops because we want work. But, um, like, you have to destroy the master and, like, you can't, like, reproduce them. Mm, so, yep. they're just for the troops. Just mm. to, like, have some entertainment yeah. while they're trooping. Yeah. While well, they're um, trooping. So, let's see. Where was I? Um, okay. So, either way. Bob... He started selling um seventy-eight in forty in nineteen forty-five after World War II, Um, and so the industry standard at that time changed to seventy-eight.
0: Oh, that was just Okay.
1: Yeah. Um What's a
0: seventy-eight exactly again? I'm,
1: I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get I'll okay. be there right now. You're gonna in be there? Okay one okay.
0: At, second. See, look at see you did the same thing to me when I was in I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good
1: segue. Um but yeah, so that's kind of how we got Vinyl is because of the um, partnership between the military and the oh. Um. Before that, Vinyl wasn't really dominating the game. And so then Vinyl, like as a, you know, Vinyl Records mostly, they dominated the home entertainment market until the 1980s when CDs came into play.
0: Right. Nice. Like they
1: were just like on the top of their game until CDs.
0: Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, really, if you think about it, it was the first time. Well, no, not the first time because you had the the phonograph and the
1: gramophone
0: before that. But it was really the first time you could get, like, quality music, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of music on a disc, too. Because the cylinders only had, what, one song on them, I would assume?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, a 78 could play, um, like, three and a half minutes of music on both sides.
0: Oh, on both sides. Well, they had both sides. So, one
1: side could have to
0: yeah so you got more you got better quality
1: yeah
0: so why i mean it just makes sense that it was
1: it just dumb sense. and it probably
0: killed i would i would love to see the figures in today's numbers of how much like vinyl sold right compared to like cds
1: yeah well cds is what changed the game C- well yeah and we're gonna get into that in a little bit mm-hmm. about like how cds changed mm-hmm. the game but like yeah but like uh do you like uh Oh, I have in my notes, but like tapes didn't, you know.
0: No, yeah. Oh like yeah, cassettes. I totally <laughs> all of this, totally forgot about cassette tapes.
1: Right. Yeah, cassette tapes didn't actually change anything.
0: No one cared about them. I mean, people cared about. Them.
1: Right. Um, yeah, people people used them, it just wasn't like they didn't they didn't no. affect vinyl sales.
0: No, actually because they kind of ran alongside vinyls and CDs, right? right? It was kind of yeah, like Yeah, they bridge, like bridged the gap. Yeah. yeah. Of like a couple years or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um okay, so at first, so let's get into to what a seventy-eight is. Yeah.
0: You wanna want get into a seventy-eight?
1: Yeah, do you wanna take or what, do you have a, a, a break built have? in for this? Yeah, We're we can just take just... a break and then get into what a seventy-eight is. All right, let's listening to this right now because we don't have any ads. But we could if you had a business and wanted to advertise on our podcast.
0: If you would like to advertise on this podcast, just email us at sixofonepodcast at gmail.com. That's six of one, all spelled out. And maybe you can hear your ad on this podcast. Six of one. Welcome back, friends, to the Six of One podcast. Talking about record players here. We're yeah. kind of closer to today now. We're making our way forward.
1: Making our way downtown. Um, <laughs> Great uh, song. I had, to, I had to do it. Uh, okay, so now we're going to talk about what RPMs are. So mm. a 78 is named after the RPM oh. it is at. And RPM means rotation per minute.
0: Oh, that's why they have those names. Mm. I thought it was like centimeter size or some weird nope. shit. Nope. 78 rotations per minute
1: on a record per, player. Yeah, yeah, Well, on a 78. There's also a 45 and no, a 33. Oh, it's actually a 33 and a third, but we just call it a 33.
0: Okay, numbers blowing my mind right now. So on a oh. 78 player, record player. Yes. Okay.
1: So, at first, they were at different speeds or different RPMs, but back then, like back in the day, they just hand-cranked them, so it didn't really,
0: oh. didn't
1: really matter.
0: When you hand-crank, do you have to hand... Okay, so do you do it the entire time it's playing?
1: I don't know. Actually, I didn't look that up.
0: <laughs> That'd be a question that I would have. If anybody knows Hi. that's listening, write us in at our Write us our, in. Um, tell us how dumb we are. And tell us... Yeah, please inform us. <laughs> right.
1: Because okay. I'll probably
0: forget to look it up.
1: So, in 1931, RCA Victor, which was, you remember the Victor talking machine company that Berliner and Johnson had? Yes. They got bought out by the Radio Corporation of America, which is RCA. And you RCA. know RCA. Everyone RCA. knows RCA. Um, and they created RCA Victor. And huh. so, they created what was called the Victorlac. Victralak. Victralak, yeah. Sounds right. It sounds right. Um yeah, Google or word is like, that's not a word. <laughs> you know when words like you write it in somebody's last name and they're like, no. No bro,
0: I'm that's like, not You right. can't
1: tell me I spelled that wrong. Yeah. You don't know how that's spelled.
0: That's my last name. I know how it is spelled. It's my sounds.
1: name. Um okay, so they started, um, they made vinyl that was used for unusual unusual formats or special purpose records. Um, it was 16 inches mm. and it was a 33 and a third RPM.
0: Oh, okay. So that's a 33. Yes. That's huge. 16 inches is. I love
1: like 10 so small. It's like, I guess it's six more <laughs> inches, but like. 16
0: is big. Anything over a foot is big to me.
1: Yeah. But those were basically used for sound on disc movie systems. So that was like when you remember like, okay, so back in the day when they had silent movies, when you showed the movies, they would like play something with it. So that was basically used for that. Um,
0: interesting, interesting.
1: Yeah, but we we'll dive into that maybe another day. That I can't get into that. That's
0: then. a whole another
1: whole another ball animal. game on itself. Ball game. Ball. Um, so back to the 78, the 78, so the popularity of the 78 has to do basically with, um, playing time or the popularity then of the 78 was with playing time, depending on, um, the spacing of grooves, you could play, as I said, about three and a half minutes on a 10 inch record. Mm. Um, so then you had seven minutes. So, um, there was one exception back, you know, in that time frame. Frank Sinatra recorded um, Rodgers and Hammerstein's soliloquy from um, Carousel, you
0: know, uh,
1: the, the musical, the musical Carousel. Carousel. Yeah, and that was seven minutes and fifty-seven seconds. So Columbia Records produced it on two sides of a twelve-inch record to, you know, fit it in there.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So they made it a little bit bigger. Bigger record. Wow, Frank Sinatra, you lucky dog.
1: Um, so, but like after the 50s, um, basically 78s kind of fell out of favor for 33s. So I mean, it
0: would make sense. Yeah.
1: Like typically now you will likely buy records for 33.
0: It's a 33. Yeah. yeah. When people say like, I'm, I'm buying, gotta buy it's a 33. Yeah. Good to so know. 33s know are that.
1: basically what uh, every, uh, the standard for an LP. Oh, for an LP. Yeah. Yeah. And an LP, you, as you might know, is just stands for long play,
0: yeah. full length play.
1: Yeah. Long play or longer play, and they did this because on a thirty-three, um, I guess it's because of how you know, how it spins. But you could put micro grooves on it, so the grooves are smaller that are being picked oh. up. So you can add more grooves.
0: Oh, okay, that makes sense.
1: So it yeah.
0: So you have a lot more on the disc.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess that makes sense. Like if you're if you're going at a slower rotation per minute, you could add more sound per the minute. <gasps> Physics. Physics.
0: Yes. No, that's true. But what yes. if you wanted to get an EP though? Like what if I wanted to get Julia Michaels? Shout out to Julia Michaels. I really hope she listens to this podcast because I fucking love her. Um her, one of her EPs. Would it be on a forty five?
1: So yeah, forty fives, I mean, yeah, you're 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 going to my Was that a good time.
0: segue to forty fives? I knew that idea. was coming.
1: Um but yeah, so forty fives were typically used for EPs or I mean, they were typically used for singles, but sometimes mm. for EPs. Mm. so I don't think EPs were as popular back in like the 60s and 70s when like 45s so 45s became like really popular then and then you had like jukebox so all jukeboxes had 45s in them
0: yeah because you could yeah. go and just listen to one song you paid just, for one song
1: yeah usually 45s they just made them smaller and they had one song on them yeah. maybe two songs but like on both sides yeah um but yeah so back to the 78s those still do come up every once in a while because people love nostalgia so it's like There's been many rock, you know, musicians or other musicians throughout the day that are like, I'm gonna record on seventy eight. Yeah, because Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. There are people that actually I think you can get a number of albums still on the full length vinyl. On like a a, on a seventy eight.
1: Yeah. So I do have a tangent story, but I so I got into records. Back in when I was, like, in my early 20s.
0: You did. You have a record player, and you have a collection of
1: records. I do have a big collection, though, because Connie Scott gave me a lot. Oh, it has Connie grown Scott.
0: since?
1: Yeah, they gave me a whole box. I, we have listened to, like, two of them since then. But, like, um, um, they gave me a huge box. I actually have a lot of du- duplicates because of it. Like, I have mm. two rumors because they gave me their mm. copy of Rumors, and I have my own copy. Oh, my God, that's I bought, that's in great. like, a record mm-hmm. shop. By the way, so I bought um an artist, Father John Misty. He had an album come out. <laughs> That's called "I Love You, Honey Bear," and uh, the first time I played that, that I was a little um, not in my right mind. Is how I'm gonna phrase that. And um, I Bear. played it on a 33, like on the 33 setting on my record player because my <laughs> record player has all three settings. Oh. Um, which a lot do these days, uh, and so I played it on the setting it was supposed to be on, and um, it was recorded on a 45. So it starts off as like, Whoa, and it sounded like the devil was coming out of my record. Player. Oh, god, no! And I thought the devil was coming out, of my but it was just I googled it like swiftly, and uh, it was like, nah, you just have to play out of 45. And I was like, oh, okay,
0: that really tells me that you were not in the right mind because you would have figured that out,
1: right? You I probably would have figured it, that out, and you
0: would have been like, oh, so this isn't better. the right setting. But if you,
1: you but I was, was just like, it. this is well, I was in my parents' old house, and I'm pretty sure that house is haunted, so like, that. just. Mm-hmm. Out. Thing, you
0: know? oh my god yeah I know
1: right so like it just added to That's like the, place the drama. That to Um but it's so funny because then every time like I remember one time I played um, actually Fleetwood Max Rumors after that oh and so that but I still had it on the 45 second oh setting so that it was going really fast <laughs> It was really funny. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, my uh, on him. But that one I didn't think was haunted, but it does sound super funny when you hear, like, Lindsey Buckingham's voice, like, the reactive sire just going really fast. Because it's going fast. Um, but that's a fun story about my life. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so RCA Victor, um, they developed the 45, and they used the 45, right, as we said, for jukeboxes, boxes. And then they were super pre- prevalent around the 60s and 70s. Like, I remember Connie talking about 45. Oh, yeah. Like she had four. It's actually, sorry, second tangent. So, you remember the song, Soak of the Song by um, um, Cheryl Crow. Yeah. So, in the end of that song, so that song came out, what, like, we were probably like 10, right? Eight, yeah, I was eight younger. or nine. Yeah. So, you
0: must have been nine or 10, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, when that song came out, um, my sister's like three years old. I mean, she's like a preteen. Um, when it says, you know, got my 45 on. Um, she thought that she that Cheryl Crow was forty five. Like that's what she thought she meant because oh she didn't know what a forty five. She didn't was. know
0: what a forty five. like, grow up on 45. when we grew
1: up, oh, we didn't God. have forty fives. I mean, well, I would have thought the same thing. I just didn't care. That's I just didn't care hilarious. what Cheryl Crow meant by that line. But Jasmine was like, "Yeah, Cheryl Crow's 45. And it was when Cheryl Crow was like thirty.
0: Thirty, maybe like Early twenties, or not early? Yeah. Sorry, late twenties.
1: Yeah, kind of. was like Cheryl uh, Crow's definitely not forty-five. Definitely right it's right. now, I'm pretty sure. Right,
0: maybe 50, upwards oh,
1: maybe. to 50, but like that was like what? 15 <laughs> <laughs> years ago.
0: If I had paid attention to that line, if I paid attention, that's fine. Like watching that. You,
1: know, you I might have been doing the, the same thing. I yeah. would have assumed the same thing, sure. But yeah, you were on my level, we just like, I don't care what she said. Like, this is a good song. Yeah, right, it's <laughs> no, I didn't
0: never 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 care about what anybody had to say.
1: Um I was eight. Yeah. And discovering
0: myself. I didn't care about anybody else.
1: Um, okay, so now um we're gonna get into the fall of records. Yep. So we got through the rise of records. and anyway, now, let's go to the fall. So okay, so basically records um, reigned supreme throughout the 20th, 20th century with standing competitions from, rail to rail tapes, eight tracks. Oh, that's why I was trying to think of eight tracks.
0: Eight tracks. Yeah. those were completely obsolete. I mean, people were oh, to them were all the like, time.
1: Like my par- my mom had an eight-track player in like a car once, and she talked about it. But like, I feel like yeah, eight tracks were like popular for like a couple years, like half a half a decade, maybe a decade.
0: I want to know why. So like, people collect vinyls, and sh- obviously you collect vinyls. People right. Collect vinyls and shit still, but like nobody gives a shit about nobody shit. gives a shit about eight tracks. Whatever happened to eight? Why do we not care about them? No one cares about cassettes either. <laughs>
1: Your episode, Atrex. I feel like people care more about cassettes. Like, at least cassettes are used in, like, um, you know, like modern art pieces where they, like, oh my
0: god, yes, (laughs) where they use them as like hair or some shit. Oh, yes, so at least they
1: have a purpose, but Atrex has zero purpose.
0: The clash of uh, recording what would you call that? Um, What would you call all of this?
1: The music industry, I don't know, music recording. Oh, they're called... Um, wait, wait, wait. They're called... I have it in my notes. Um, uh, oh, I don't have it in my notes. I thought I added my notes, like a term that they used. Um, whatever
0: that term is. Clash of whatever that term like is. Media. Look, look out for media. that podcast in the future. We got to do that at some point. That'd
1: right. That's a great well, um, one. So, yeah. So, um. Records kind of still rang, pre- so compact cassettes, which is what we had. So, real, real, real to real tape was different, but like we had like compact cassettes when we were growing up. Um, but that was until yeah, in 1988, the CD was built and the CD just fucking took them out
0: and still took it out. It's crazy.
1: Um, okay, so this caused record um, records to be basically phased out in the 90s. Record stores were nervous that they would lose money from unsold record sales, so they just basically stopped like from getting them from their purveyors. So like from um, like record dealers. Oh yeah, all, record but, sellers. People distrib- that distributors. worked at yeah distributors. They were just so like, "Don't really- bring me any." And then they did like a buyback program. Like the record companies did like buyback programs for records too. Oh. Yeah, but it all like comes down to like um there are theories that that state that they think that this was a ploy to phase out records because it was cheaper to make cds oh
0: my god well i'm sure it was like the companies did not want to pay that to when they could pay way less for a cd yeah
1: so the record companies were like yeah give me back your records if you're not going to sell them um but that might be, like, another topic we have
0: to talk about. Okay, <laughs> so they topic. say video killed the radio star, CD killed the vinyl star.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is kind of obvious, but, like, it really did. It did. No, CD killed the, CD killed the recording, recording star. star. Oh, it's a recording. Because if you sell a CD for less, you're yeah. going to make less money than you would have if you sold the vinyl, but right? But
1: you're selling like, greater volume.
0: Oh, uh, you think?
1: It, no, so, so okay, so I think you're misunderstanding. It wasn't cheaper to, they're not cheaper to sell, they were cheaper to produce. So the profit margin. Oh, was the profit
0: margin, okay, never mind, never mind, never mind.
1: Yeah. I but CD killed the Vinyl Star, and that's the, the. CD killed the Vinyl Star in my heart and in my car. Um, that's how it goes. I know that you didn't know any other lyrics.
0: No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Is that really how it goes?
1: In my heart and in my car.
0: Oh well, okay. Star in car. Okay. Yeah. I was like, did I just okay. really rhyme that with the song that existed already?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, sh- I should probably stop singing So we don't get too copyright. Oh, 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 oh. Um. Okay. So, however, we're fast forwarding again. So we're in 1988, taking them all out. Um. But then in the mid 2000s everything kind of changed. So throughout the nineties and the early aughts, um, independent bands and um, labels and audio files and collectors and DJs, they all were like, I don't care what you say. I'm still using records.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Especially like DJs on turntables. It was so much oh, easier. Oh
0: yeah. To DJs stuck food, with vinyl.
1: Manipulation.
0: Years. And, yep.
1: Yeah. Um, and so around 2006,
0: 2006.
1: 2006. Um, indie rock made a kind of a resurgence in the U.S. and the U.K. and um, that caused an increase in demand for records because they were, you know, keeping it old school and recording on records. Um, yeah, that's fair. And so then vinyl sales. So vinyl sales in the U.S. Increased eighty five point eight percent between two thousand six and two thousand seven. Eighty five percent. Yeah, but like that's not. I mean, yes. Increased. But you have to remember that the sales were very low.
0: They were well, so like eighty six
1: percent was not I like guess. that much more.
0: Yeah. That'd <laughs> but be like five hundred versus a hundred. The still.
1: next year it increased another eighty nine percent. What? So like yeah, the first year you're like oh okay, but then the second year they were like oh, another wow. yes
0: that I my mind why right. this resurgence because in hipsters love vinyl that's <laughs> the hipsters yeah it was but the hipsters. beginning of hipster culture 2006 yeah. 2008,
1: yeah and so sales continued to rise through 2010 and they literally okay so in 2010 that had the most sales in records since 1991 so wow. like they finally like, made it back to the same like level of 1991
0: in 2001
1: in 2010.
0: 20 years later? Yeah. Almost? Damn. Yeah. Damn! Well, they say history repeats itself.
1: But, like, things happen. So, like, in 2014, Jack White, he sold 40,000 copies of his second solo album, Lazaretto, on vinyl. Oh. Um, which was album. more than, like, Pearl Jam sold in 94. So, 10, 20 years earlier, Pearl Jam sold, like, less records than that on vinyl.
0: Um. Also, is Jack White part of Pearl Jam? <laughs>
1: Jack White's from the, like, from the White know,
0: Stripes right. that's what I thought and I was like why no, are you relating like, this I to Pearl Jam okay I,
1: like, <laughs> I I for a section
0: I was or like or wait I'm a sure. minute I was doubting well, because, myself okay
1: so it's because Pearl Jam sold the most records
0: oh. so in 94
1: Pearl Jam sold the most records it was Got like 34,000 I think if I recall I didn't put it in my notes but I think it was 34 and this was 40,000 copies um, which doesn't seem like that much that's but it's not a that lot much. for
0: for vinyls that's a lot but like if you have 40,000 copies of anything is isn't even what Fucking gold.
1: Yeah. Silver. And, and so, um, by that time, and Once. like moving forward, vinyl is, is and was the only physical medium, or physical music medium to increase sales with late, relation to the previous year since the rise of digital music.
0: Wow. So like
1: you think 2014, I mean, like when we, so 2014, we were like, I, I was 21. Mm-hmm. So like we, we were using LimeWire in like when we were 13, like 10 yeah. years Oh, yeah. early. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we were using LimeWire and like downloading music, and music was already digitized
0: by yeah, then. yeah, iTunes was around.
1: Right. And so by this time, um like vinyl is really like killing the game. Like it's 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 so it's, CDs took vinyl out, but then vinyl just vinyl. came back and CDs have not come back.
0: Vinyl came back with the And headphones.
1: they're not gonna probably come no. back.
0: And then why who why would you yeah?
1: Yeah, CDs are just, like, out there floundering in sales, and Vinyl's like, I'm making it, bitch.
0: Oh, I'm making it. See, it's a good I
1: was the first, and I'll be the last. <laughs> I feel like that's why, you know, because it oh, was yeah. the first, so it's going to be the last because.
0: And it stood the test of time because it's good quality.
1: It's good quality. Stuff. Like, yeah, because I have records that were definitely bought in the 1970s that are fine. You like, I know my CD. parents bought those when they were kids
0: you're gonna scratch city right you're scratch it is vinyl. so much
1: harder to scratch vinyl and like sometimes like when you have problems with vinyl it's like it's something wrong with something else you know you can get sand in right, like vinyl but you can clean it
0: yeah or like your needle's broken or your needle's
1: broken you can get a new needle like yeah. it's not like you're gonna like yeah you scratch cd within like you're five seconds fucked. um so okay so the culture around records is so much different than other forms of physical music. People celebrate the industry. They have had Record Store Day in April since 2007. And it continues to grow each year. It, you know, minus last year they didn't have it because. Uh,
0: oh, COVID.
1: Yeah. But um, every every other year it's, it's growing. Um,
0: so it's like a national holiday about record stores?
1: Yeah. And it's really like, if you think about it, it's like a good thing because. Oh, hell yeah you keep small businesses in, mm-hmm. in business. Um, and It's just like, you know, it, it helps um, independent artists make their names because like we have a record store up in Flint and they have like local bands that come in and they, you know, play yeah,
0: at the right, record store. Right. So like,
1: it's just like this symbiotic relationship between like independent artists coming up and people in record stores. And like, mm-hmm. it's really, you know, making the the industry less because you think about like and i know that these are you know you have a lot of favorite bands that are in this genre but like when you get to like the justin Biebers of the world like they're great and fine whatever but like they are really like making it more corporatized
0: oh 100 then
1: like you know, the people doing di- DIY shit and, like, right. you know, trying, to, like, it's it's to the point where, like, unless you get discovered when you're 11 by Usher, like, you can't make it.
0: Exactly. That's just, like, oh, my God. That's just, like, uh, Josh's brother's band. Shout out yeah. to Avalon Black. They oh, yeah. very much do that. They're all around Flint all the time. Oh, yeah. In I've record, heard of them so they've...
1: many times. Have you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they go to, like, record shops and stuff, but they definitely play smaller bands. I games, actually bro.
1: think they have been at Jack's record staff, which is mm-hmm. what I was just talking about. A couple of the guys, when I used to work at that place that I worked that had a bar connected to it. Um, they used to hang out there, so.
0: Oh, that Tangentially, yes.
1: like, I didn't know them, but I, I heard of them. Um, yeah. They're, I mean, they're kind of moderately.
0: They're definitely small, They also sure. like, a piece
1: in, like, a local magazine not too long ago. Yes. Well, a couple years ago. Now, I think. Yeah. Look at us keeping it vague, but like also not vague. But
0: also not vague because i definitely in the band name. But I mean, hey, they probably appreciate it. They want the listenership,
1: yeah. Right. Um. Okay. I guess the last thing I had to say is the neat thing is that you can get tons of records now. Um, and that's what I was <laughs> gonna say. No, no. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if I would have let in for my last sentence to the sentence without like the delay, I think it would have went very well. But um, what I mean I is that like you can get like Ariana, you could get Justin Bieber records. You could. Like you like records are not just yeah, not just DIY artists doing like, you know, indie bands or like like Jack White. Jack you know Jack White has like a recording studio that does recordings on straight onto records <gasps> in Detroit.
0: Oh, no way.
1: Yeah, he's from Detroit. He recorded Is he? um yeah, so Neil Young back in like two thousand sixteen, seventeen, came out with a record. You know, it's the one that has like uh it's called like tumbleweed on it. It was a like cute. Song that Neil Young did, but yeah, he recorded Jack White. Recorded him there in Detroit.
0: No way, straight onto record. The record cost
1: like 78 bucks, so I never bought it. But,
0: like, why don't I know that's a lot? Why don't I know that? I feel like in all my years of life, you blew my mind. Like, I I know podcast viewers can see it. I was just like, (laughs) What the hell? He really did. I didn't know Jack White's from Michigan.
1: Yeah, he's from Detroit.
0: That's so cool.
1: Um. Well, I mean, he says he's from Detroit. He's probably from, like, Farmer like, Hills or something. Or Madison Heights or whatever. Right, like, the, the suburbs. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it's, it, it is really interesting, right? So, like, 1870s, well, 1856 is when we started, right? 1877 is when we got records. Yeah, they didn't become vinyl until, like, the 40s or 30s or 40s. But, like, still, like, almost 100 years later, we're still hanging out with vinyl.
0: Not only do we still do have them copies right. of old ones, but people are still recording on them.
1: Yeah, they're still recording things. straight onto them or producing. So yeah, I mean, like now they can take you can take something like this, like that we're recording into Audacity, and you can put it on a vinyl too.
0: Yeah. You could if you, you really like wanted to like our new
1: technology. yeah, but hey, you can record straight on vinyl. not you any
0: money, I could Google, um, yeah, like uh get a vinyl printed or whatever, and I could right. absolutely <laughs> upload this and put it on the vinyl.
1: You probably shouldn't, but you could.
0: Should I put a voices on a vinyl?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's necessary.
0: I don't think so either. <laughs> People will get pissed at us.
1: But yeah, that's my story about vinyl's rise and fall and how record players work and the such. And it's probably way too long of an ex- episode, but.
0: No. I think it was so informative. I, I've learned so much. I See, this is why I was so happy to do this episode. Because right. I was like, I know just enough about vinyls. Like, I'm interested enough about, about, about vinyls to learn more about them. And I knew you were just going to blast me with information. And I love it. Thank you,
1: All right, Sav, so I'm, for telling
0: us all about vinyls and yeah. record players today. Really appreciate it. Love it. It's great. And? And?
1: We hope you... Stay curious. curious. We did it. I got it that time, guys. So well. Six of one.